episode, I talked to Cherie. She's just heard her 20th birthday. And what I love about Cherie's message is that it's a recognition of her generation and how keen they are to go out into the world and make a difference. But what she does differently is talk about how important it is to grow yourself first so that you can go out with a full tank. She's in her second year of uni and here she is. Yeah, so um, my name's Sheree and I'm 20 years old, just turned 20 on Sunday actually. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I am a student at UNSW and I studied law and psychology. Wow, that's amazing and happy birthday. (laughs) Thank Um, you. (laughs) So why did you head into law and psychology? Um, (laughs) With the law section, I think as a high school student, I was never great at maths so that's like a big tick there um with psychology I think that was more because I actually started off at uni doing commerce and law um but then after a while I realized that I was actually quite interested in like human behavior and how humans interact with each other and that was just something that has fascinated me from a very young age, I think. And I think to a degree, everyone is interested in that, which is why there are so many people doing psychology courses, like just purely out of interest. Um, yeah. And I think it just learning about um, the way we interact with other people and actual mechanisms, like neurological mechanisms underlying that, it's just so fascinating. And I, yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's such a great foundation too to understand how the mind works and it seems like they're doing so much more new research as well and how things come together in the mind. Mental health is such a big issue no matter what industry you work in. So, yeah, if I could go back and do a degree, I'd definitely do a psychology and philosophy, I think. They're the two I'd probably choose. Yeah, philosophy ties in great with that. Um I I would agree with you. Like I would do philosophy as a second degree if I had more than 24 hours in a day. (laughs) I know. That's the problem with an arts degree, I reckon. You keep (laughs) wanting to do more and more study. Um, So where do you think you'll go after university? They're they're both degrees that people don't always end up working in their fields. They end up studying but don't end up working in those industries. What what do you think you'll do afterwards? Um, I think my current... Like going into university, I didn't really have the mindset that like, oh, after uni, I'm going to become a lawyer. Like, I think I honestly have no idea, but my mindset towards university is more like I'm in uni. I have the opportunity to have an education, which is a privilege that a lot of people don't have. And I think it's about, it's less about the degree and more about the process of learning and really understanding that you're not doing assignments just for the sake of doing assignments. You're doing it to develop your critical thinking skills. Um, You're doing it to challenge yourself and 
learn how to build resilience in the face of those challenges, thinking of assignments not as some kind of burden that's imposed on you, which I think it's really easy to fall into that trap with a lot of students these days. Like you're just like, oh, like I have so many assignments. Like why am I doing this? What's the point? Um, But I think it's really important to realise that we are really lucky to have an education and that even if you can't get the best marks it's not about that it's about just challenging yourself as a person Um, and those critical thinking skills are useful no matter where you go I think and if you can learn to articulate yourself and create good arguments um, no matter what industry you go into I think it's very applicable and from what I've heard I'm not too sure but I think once you enter enter any industry apparently you don't need that many of your skills from uni like you learn on the job kind of thing Um, I'm not sure if that's right or not but yeah that seems like a really incredibly mature approach to it I I remember when I lived abroad and I was in Europe and I think it is very much that kind of mentality that you're talking about and I find in Australia it's not always that it's often much more of a vocational focus. So how come you're thinking like that, do you think? Was it something in how you were raised or your friends? Um, Well, I think I used to be just like my peers, I think. Well, actually, (laughs) that sounds pretty narcissistic, actually. But no, um, I still have those moments, actually. Truthfully, I still have those moments when I am doing an assignment and I'm like, oh, my God, why am I doing this? Like, oh, I hate this so much. But I think, yes, um, to answer your question, like, yes, it's a mixture of upbringing just because um, my parents have never really forced me to attain a certain like grade they've never pushed me to like you have to get A's and like you have to study to be the best nothing like that and I think in a way um like my kind of drive towards study is all like my own like I'm giving it my all because I'm doing it for myself and because of that I think because I've placed that burden on myself, I'm able to think about why I'm doing this because I'm not thinking, oh, I'm doing this because of my parents, which I think maybe some other kids might do. They might be like, oh, what's the point of this? Because I'm just trying to please my parents. But for me, because I never had that expectation or pressure, I have to think for myself why I'm doing it. So I think that plays a huge factor of why I've kind of been brought up to think for myself as to why education is so important. Um, yeah, but definitely when I'm doing my assignments and I'm doing those all-nighters, I'm I'm a hypocrite and I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. But afterwards, like, yeah, I, overall, generally, I really, really appreciate the fact that I do have an education. It sounds like a very human response. I mean, you know, it's a lot of pressure, but I guess there are different levels of thinking about it. It's the here and now and the, the struggle. But yeah, as somebody sure. once said to me, it's honouring the struggle. And I try to remember that when I'm in those places. <laughs> but do you think, speaking about your parents, do you think they had similar influences on them as what they're placing on you, like that kind of freedom? Um, if you're talking about the way my parents' parents had an influence on them, I think there is 100% that generational 
difference. Um, I think in our generation, the younger generation, we have the luxury to balance our studies with like more hedonistic pleasures. We can um, (laughs) go out and party or whatnot. And I guess we have all these external factors that um, it's so tempting. Like we have all that temptation that, um, and it makes it really difficult for us to um, engage in like delayed gratification because there are so many of these distractions in the way. Whereas I definitely think our, the older generation perhaps had more discipline because they had a lot more pressure to, um, I guess, because they grew up in a different environment that I, I would say was more difficult, um, 100% compared to mine. Like I feel very lucky to be born and raised in Australia, um, having to go through a lot less struggle than my parents did for sure. Yeah. And what do you think it was like for your parents? Was there like, if you think about like culturally, I mean, as we mentioned, that's something I'm particularly interested in. How is it different culturally? Culturally, I would say that, um, I honestly don't know that much about how, what my like grandparents like expected of my parents. Like I think the in like an Asian culture, the main thing is that you do want the best for your kids. Um, but speaking on behalf of my parents, I would say that they definitely had a lot more pressure to be successful in the kind of stereotypical um, way that you would probably think of. So, for example, like uh, lots of lots of money, like thinking that money is everything kind of thing. Um, like you have to be in a reputable occupation, um, probably something not in the creative arts. Um, I definitely think that th- they, those values um, were probably imposed on my parents, whereas I have the luxury to do whatever I want with my parents' support. And that is, yeah, that's a huge difference, I think. Sounds like they must have gone through enormous change in their lives. Um, And and you mentioned discipline. How do Mm -hmm. you stay disciplined if you don't have that external pressure from your parents? Um, I actually think it's easier to an extent, because you, when you start to do something for yourself with anything you enjoy or when you have your own why and your own purpose, I think it's actually easier to be disciplined because you know why you're doing it and you know that if you don't do what you set out to do, then it's on you, um, if that makes sense, because if your parents are, like, pressuring you to do things, I think that... Um, and you're doing it for them, and then it's really easy to forget why you're doing it. And as a result, it's easy to, um, I guess, spiral into those negative thoughts of, oh, why am I doing this, and forget about um, how lucky you are to actually have an education. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you already sound like you're a very mature person and thinking about these things in a really forward-thinking way. But And you're already an adult too, but what are you looking forward to in the future and growing up, I guess? 
Hmm. That's actually an interesting question. It's one that I've been pondering a lot of late. Um, I guess I would say that the future for me seems very, very uncertain, and that is super scary. But I think there is a lot to look forward to just because the people that I'm around, like my friends and like people in my cohort, those are the people that like inspire me like on the daily and make me realize, wow, there are some freaking great people in this world. And that just makes me want to be a part of that. So honestly, I don't know what's ahead, but I know that from the people that I have in my life, um, that there is a lot of, a lot to be done and a lot of productive change and amazing things that are going to happen just because I've seen it in person. Like I've seen the passion that some of my friends have for what they do. And it's just amazing. Like that inspires like me, myself to do, to do something in the future as well, whatever that is. So, yeah. And do you have an example, like what about your friends or your peers who are very passionate about something? What can you give me an example? Um, I guess what comes to mind immediately is, I guess I have friends who are like extremely passionate about music. They don't really care about what other people think and they will just, you know, play their music and share it with the world. And I think that, um, small steps that you don't have to like do it because you want recognition. But I feel like a lot of my friends are doing like these, (laughs) what you would call, what millennials call like side hustles, I think. Um, Yeah. Uh, A lot of people are doing these kind of things and not doing it because they want like followers or like recognition, but they're actually doing it because it's something they're really good at. And um, whether that is music, I have a friend who like posts music like on the regular on her social media and it's just so amazing to watch um and there are some really creative people out there um some of my friends are you know they just on the side post on like youtube or um they do volunteering um and lots of like internships and creating little startup companies and stuff like that it's just crazy what people are capable of at like 20 years old or even younger than that yeah it's far from that traditional model isn't it it's really Mm. thinking broadly and creatively and yeah I mean I guess that's that is the way of the future to be agile enough to to work with what's coming your way yeah so what do you think will make a successful life going into the future I think that um, think, thinking about what is successful is really multifaceted. Like I, I think the idea of success is such a multidimensional concept and I often think it, success is not like a far-reaching um, Thing that you want to attain in the future because I think the reality is that you don't know how long you have on this earth like and I don't think that thinking about success as some far distant future thing is the right way to go just because 
Um, I think it's important to focus on how successful you are, like quote unquote successful you are or in the present. So in the present moment, I think success is um, comes in the form of gratitude, being in a good mindset, um, being feeling a sense of contentment, not that everything is perfect. I don't think at any point in time a human being can stop and think and be like, oh, everything in my life is perfect because if you think that, then I guess – you always find things, you always find flaws and you never feel completely successful. So I think the idea of success is more akin to contentment and a feeling of acceptance of, sure, I might not have everything in order and sure, I might not have achieved everything that I've wanted to, wanted to achieve, but you know what? Like I'm doing better than I did yesterday and I'm a better person than like two years ago or three years ago or 10 years ago. And I think that is that feeling is what success is. And it's a present feeling. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's really nice. I think that it, it plays very much into that mindset thing that's so prevalent today. And what sort of steps do you take to try and maintain that because I guess it's a nice idea but as you've mentioned it's not easy to hold on to that do you do you do anything on a regular basis I've been encouraged by a lot of my friends to read books I guess and listen to podcasts um I guess those things have helped to a degree but I think a lot of it comes down to like reflecting on your own um, because no matter how many books or podcasts or um, education you receive, at the end of the day, you have to take that and um, I guess those are guidelines and you have to take that and apply it to your own life because everyone's life is different. Um, so you take what you think is applicable and I guess ignore stuff that you don't really agree with and then form your own value set there. And then from that, you can start thinking, oh, okay, um, I really value, say, being disciplined and um, being able to wake up every day on the right time and actually be productive in my day. If that is a value, then in that present moment, you can be like, okay, um, I'm not doing that right now. What can I do better? And from there, that's, I guess, how you work on it. Um, I am not sure I could look back in five years and be like, okay, what I thought back then was like terrible, but this is like what I think in the present. So, you know, that's, that's the best we got. <laughs> yeah. That's the best you can do. <laughs> Someone mentioned to me a 1% improvement every day. That was a concept that came to me today. And I thought, yeah, it's, it sounds like that. It's those little micro steps on a regular basis. Yeah. hundred percent. So a lot of people attribute money to success, which you also touched on earlier. How do you feel about money in the future? Um, I approach that idea kind of realistically because I do know that it, I know there's that saying that money isn't happiness, money um, doesn't get you everything that you want. But to an extent, 
we live in a society where money is valued um, and it's not something you can exactly ignore and be like, okay, like it doesn't matter if I do really, really badly, I, I'll find a way. Like I think it's important to realise that, yes, money isn't everything, but you should still do what you can to, you know, just be comfortable. Like I think like my mindset is I just want to be comfortable. I'm not aiming for some um, – I don't want to be like a millionaire. If it happens, it happens. But I want it to happen out of a um, natural like drive and passion for something rather than, oh, I just really want to be rich kind of thing. Um, So I guess comfort is my main goal in life at the moment. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and I think money stresses people out a lot, especially during this time. Yeah. And I guess it's understandable that people struggle with with money, but is there anything you've observed that shows you why people struggle so much with managing their money? I think it comes down to, um, I think people really struggle to manage their money because they... I feel like there's no simple answer to this. Um, There are a lot of external um, pressures that force people to, you know, you've got to pay your bills, blah, blah, blah. But, and at the end of the day, there is this hierarchy in the workplace, I think. Like, um, it's, it's really sad, I think. But, you know, some jobs get paid more and others you get paid less, even if it's something you're really passionate about. And... I think that the reality is that you have to really take a look and if you are doing a job that doesn't pay as much money, um, I guess try and make the best of it with what you can. But honestly, I, I don't have an answer to that because I feel like I'm not qualified to answer this question. Like I don't know much about investing and money and all that stuff. Maybe I shouldn't have dropped commerce, but (laughs) yeah. I know it's a difficult one. I think it's not something I was ever taught at school and I probably learnt some from my parents, but it's been an interesting question to ask young people is if it is taught in the, the high school system at least, or do you get it at university? And did you do anything like that when you were at high school? In high school, I took economics in year 11, but taking that, you just learn it based off like a syllabus and when you actually have to apply it in your everyday real life, it is so much more complex than people imagine. And I do believe that people have those jobs in economics or um, dealing with money for a reason. Like it's not something that just anyone can do. Um I guess you can, everyone can learn to an extent, like the basics, but to really understand how like the economy works and how you can best manage your money. There are people like, like some of my friends who are like studying like actuary or like accounting, majoring in accounting. That's why we need those people. Um, So yeah, I would say that I will never become an expert at that just because I'm not studying that. Perhaps I might in the future, but as of right now, I'm relying on my friends. So <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like a life's work, isn't it, to really understand it all. And it's why sometimes I think it is hard as a, a lay person to know what to do with your money. Yeah. But who do you look up to today? 
100%. My mum would be first. Um, I look up to my mum because even though, um, even though, like, I've grown up um, not necessarily getting the best grades in all, in every circumstance and, you know, being a pain a lot of the time, complaining whilst having the privilege to have an education, like at no point did she lose faith in me um, that I would, you know, become a better person. And the whole time she's just been so supportive through my ups and downs. And that is, I hope to be like at least one fifth of how strong she has been in my whole life. So yeah, she's my number one inspiration. Um, And then I guess aside from that would just be the people, everyone else in my life, like all my friends, they just, they just inspire me on the daily. Like they truly do because I just see how passionate they are um, just in, not even in their studies, just like in caring for other people and in the midst of so much um, suffering as of late, it is still nice to hold on to the, the fact that you know that there are like really good people in this world and really like bright lights that still shine in the midst of all of this. So, yeah. Yeah, they say that it's really important to surround yourself with the right people. Sounds like, was it ever a conscious decision of who you surrounded yourself with or did it just, you lucked out? I, it was definitely a conscious decision, I would say, because especially when you're going from high school to university, I think the initial desire when you go to university is, oh, I want to make as many friends as I can. I don't know anyone. Um, I just want to be in a group. That's the human human desire to feel a sense of belonging, I guess. But I've realized as I've gotten older that is it, it is important to be around people who can like have friends that celebrate with you when something good happens to you and if something bad happens to you, they're also able to support you and listen without trying to one-up you. And I've realised that it's okay to have, like, less friends. Like, I would say the number of close friends I have, I could count on my fingers. And I think it's so much better because then you have more deep and meaningful connections that way. Um, and people you can truly rely on in times of need. And I think that is something that I've only recently um, thought about because as only a second year university student, my first year of uni was like, oh, like it's kind of weird because I'm not in like a university group and I kind of felt left out a little bit because of that. But then I realised that having friends like in different areas like from different degrees and stuff even though it wasn't a set group as such like that's completely fine because um at the end of the day I've still got people who I have formed a meaningful connection with and I think at the end of the day human beings can't sustain a meaningful connection with a million people because we only have so much of an energy tank and I think I'm a little bit of an introvert, so my energy tank is a little, like, little bit sh- like smaller. But I would much rather prefer 
to put my energy and invest that into people who I know are willing to invest that into me as well. And I think that's really important um, now and also moving on to as I get older and older because I realise that as you get older, it's easy to lose friends. People go different ways and loss becomes a normal thing as you get older and older because um, it's just human nature. (laughs) Like you just lose people and that's okay. But if you've got people who really care about you, um, you know that they'll be there like the homies. They'll always be there. And yeah, that's the important thing, I think. Yeah, cool. And so what advice do you want to give adults? I think when I think about adults, I realise as an adult now, like I'm 20 now, and I guess I'm an adult now, but I still have a lot of the thinking and like the thoughts of like, you know, like the younger version of me. So I think to an extent, like we never really grow up. I think like we definitely, um, we definitely mature and learn to think um, more maturely about our lives and what's really important to us. So knowing that the advice that I would give to adults is to just not take life so seriously, I think, because it's so easy to grow up and become an adult and think that um, you haven't been successful enough, um, you don't have that many friends, something like that. But I think just not taking not taking it too seriously and realising that everyone has their own misgivings, their flaws, um, their own, like, you know, everyone has their own, like, malevolence and um, everyone, you're seeing other people's shiny outside but you don't really see their inside. So just taking that to heart and realising that um, you are doing okay as you are and that every day, even as an adult, you should just be trying to be a better version of yourself than you were yesterday. I would say that's my main advice. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll try and take that, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And if you were leading the world today, what would you do? Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) My favourite question. I, For which I do not have an answer, by the way. I just like asking other people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to ask it to you afterwards. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. If I was leading the world, hmm, I think I would say that um, I would say I would emphasize the importance to everyone of just being okay as they are. And I know that our society is structured and based off some people, like um, it's inequality is going to exist. And But this is a hypothetical. If I was ruling the world, I would just tell people that it's okay to be at wherever they are in life. And I would, yeah, 
like I would just tell them it's okay to not be okay it's okay to you know not be the richest it's okay to um you know it's okay to be yourself and follow your goals because I think that's honestly a thing that a lot of people know in the back of their minds but they let society dictate what they do more of the times than listening to themselves and I guess I would be a motivational speaker for that then (laughs) yeah yeah I think that that message that personal message is so important for people isn't it I mean we can get caught up in trying to save the world and the universe and the the environment but it's just so overwhelming and if we can focus a little on ourselves and it can be okay I think that's really powerful I think that if people focus more on themselves a little bit more and take care of themselves a little bit more Mm. then the best version of themselves is like the best way they can tackle those huge changes I think a lot of the time like a lot of I think a lot of people my age and young people these days they do really care and they're so passionate about um, tackling like say big issues like climate change or whatever and that is amazing and it's so great. But at the same time, like when I talk to them sometimes, like you realise that like oh, they're like struggling at uni and like they don't have like their own like life in order. Like I wouldn't say I have completely as well. And I think just if everyone could just work on themselves a little bit more, then that best version of you, then you can go out and do the amazing things that you want to do because I guess if you have – like your energy, like your tank, like half full, and then you go out to the world to try and tackle these problems. You're not going to be the most efficient at trying to tackle that problem. And I think, yeah, I think a lot of our generation is like super keen beans, but like, yeah, we kind of struggle a little bit with the discipline in like your everyday life and having that. I think that's something that we can learn from the older generation, that work ethic a little bit more. Yeah, very cool. It's been amazing talking to you, Sherry. It's um, you so really much. insightful. And I wish I could come to university and do your study with you again. It's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I miss my arts degree. <laughs> it's never too late to go back to uni. I know. I'm sometimes very tempted. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for this opportunity. We'll have a coffee one day. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Thank you so much for listening. You can find all the episodes of the podcast on your favorite platform and please hit follow. You'll make us so happy. See you soon. This podcast has been made possible with the help of March Made Media and Leonie Tillman at English for Business.